，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Olufsen 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。Today was Father's Day in Taiwan. As the two eights in the date sound like the word father in Chinese, Mongolia also dedicates this day to its fathers. But in the rest of the world, August eighth is best known for being International Cat Day. The celebration was created by the International Fund for Animal Welfare to learn how to help and protect cats, and that's just what a new Taipei's Animal Protection Office did in Houdong, which is famed for its abundance of cats. There, experts held an event to teach passersby how to take care of cats and pay attention to their hygiene and diet. At the event, ten cats were also up for adoption, with officials stressing that raising a pet was a big commitment not to be taken lightly. For the foodies, Shizuwan in Kaohsiung is a paradise of Taiwanese cuisine. One little eatery that we're checking out today specializes in the baowan. It's a classic street food snack, a bit like a sticky meatball. Restaurant owner Zhang Qingwen inherited the recipe from his dad, and the restaurant has been serving happy diners for more than half a century. A spoonful of rice flour dough is filled with minced meat and covered. These rich and sticky bao ones all cook together in a steamer. My husband grew up here, and he's been eating this his whole life. He loves it. It's a very traditional flavor. We've come down from Taipei, so we both love eating here. It smells wonderful. Very unusual. Actually, this is my first time here. But someone told me it was delicious, so we came to try it out. This is a spot purely for traditional snacks. With more than 50 years in business, it's a favourite local establishment. 1,000 handmade baowans are served up every day, alongside other classic dishes like sticky rice cakes, four herb soup, and fish cake soup. Second-generation owner Zhang Jingwen learned the recipes as a young boy. The kid in this photo—that's me. Next to me is my dad. He happened to be making baowans, and I was playing nearby and watching. To make the dough with long-grain, non-glutinous rice, you have to choose old rice—rice rice that's about 18 months to two years old. I just copied the way my dad did it back then and carried on the tradition. The shop opens at 6 a.m. Apart from the baowans, the sticky rice cakes are a very hot item on the menu. Adorned as they are with minced meat, fish floss, sliced cucumber, and braised eggs. Because we braise and peel these eggs ourselves every day and make them fresh, we never add preservatives, so we can't do a massive load all at once. These freshly handmade dishes are the real taste of old-style Taiwan, and all available at very affordable prices. If it goes on like this, we think there's another 50 years in the tank. This boy pays close attention to his instructor, trying to pick up the basics of skating. Many have come to this indoor skating rink after having given up on outdoor activities. Wearing their ice skates, visitors can enjoy the thrills of skating, or simply relax in the 12-degree temperature. It's very hot, so I decided that skating would be fun and came with my friends to get away from the heat.
It's hard during summer vacation. My mom wanted to find an activity for me to do, and I ended up taking lessons here. A lot of people don't have anywhere to go during summer vacation, so they came here to cool off and play a little. Whether it's entering the rink or picking up skates is one line after another. According to data, from January to June, this facility had an average of 788 visitors a day. The average daily number has already reached 1,487 for July so far, an increase of 88%. Outside in the scorching sun, it's a different story. In Taoyuan, an electric techno neon god lost consciousness as he was dancing outside. People rushed up to check on him to make sure he was all right. Doctors remind the public to watch out for heat injury during summer. A serious case may lead to cardiovascular or brain damage, so don't try to brave the heat. A rapid rise in body temperature will make the body hot, as if your organs are being soaked in hot water. And when your temperature rises rapidly, your organs will be damaged. Now, when you're dehydrated, the blood in blood vessels will get thicker and the viscosity will increase. This can easily lead to blood clots, and the blood clots can cause blockage in your blood vessels, resulting in myocardial infraction. Dr Lin reminds that if you have any symptoms of heat injury, such as dryness of your mouth or palpitations, you should quickly go to a well-ventilated place indoors. Do not gulp down ice water as the large temperature difference might be harmful to the body. Drink lots of room temperature or cool water instead to effectively relieve the symptoms. The National Palace Museum on Monday debunked fake reports circulating on social media that the institution is getting ready to evacuate 90,000 artifacts in its collection to the U.S. and Japan. The report, which is written in China's simplified characters, claims the evacuation was ordered by President Tsai Ing-wen, who is referred to as unfilial. Let's hear from a museum representative. As soon as we saw it, we posted a notice debunking the report on our official website and on social media. During a war, there are many risk factors. The museum is actually a fantastic place to protect the artifacts, thanks to the environment and its storage areas. We have not proposed moving the collection elsewhere, unless so to evacuate it to another country. The museum has almost 700,000 items in its collection, many of which were brought to Taipei from Beijing's forbidden city during the Chinese Civil War. Back in July, the institution held a drill with 180 staff members on what to do in case war breaks out. They included exercises on how to request help from the police and the military if security facilities are breached by the enemy or objects stolen. The museum stressed that the collection was safe and that it would not remove items from its storage rooms. Amid rising nationalism in China, Taiwanese artists have come under fire on Chinese social media for failing to trumpet Beijing's rhetoric on Taiwan. Among them, pop star Jolin Tsai has lost over 300,000 followers on Weibo, with other stars such as Hebe Tin being criticized for making posts eating spaghetti. One city councillor said, Chinese bullying will not win hearts and minds, and conversely will cause contempt for China among Taiwanese artists and fans.
Taiwanese singer Jolene Tsai's hit track Womenly, which touches upon LGBT issues, was recently recommended by China Central Television in a post on a Chinese social media platform. Not even a week later, the post has been removed. Reports say it's because of Tsai's failure to publicly endorse China's Taiwan stance in her own account. Some users on the platform have accused Tsai of being a Taiwanese separatist. CCTV made the post on Thursday last week, praising the song for tackling youth struggles. However, users on Chinese social media platform Weibo later discovered the post had been deleted, and that Tsai lost over 300,000 followers overnight. Chinese users filled Tsai's page with comments asking for an explanation. I feel that many Taiwanese artists, especially the ones who grow to great fame, will tend to stick to their guns. They feel like, hey, I haven't made any public statements on this for so long already, but I'm still well received. However, my feeling is, if you make a statement one time on something, then the next time you will have to do the same. If not, you'll end up getting lumped in with a certain category and you'll be rejected. Artist Aaron Yen has also fallen victim to Chinese bullying. He recently posted to Facebook asking whether he should eat Taiwanese or American-style breakfast. Chinese followers who saw the post called for a boycott of the artist. One Taipei city councillor responded saying that Chinese internet users were getting out of control and would end up pushing Taiwanese farther away. They use Taiwanese artists as chips in a contest between nations, and we can see it clearly. The Chinese have low self-esteem and no confidence in themselves. In fact, by acting this way, they won't make Taiwanese feel like we're all part of the same nation. Quite the opposite. More and more people today feel spurned by China. Taiwanese singer Hebe Tian has also come under fire from Chinese netizens for posting a picture of herself eating spaghetti. As Chinese nationalism reaches new levels, more and more Taiwanese are losing interest engaging with China at all. Tai Power has found a new use for one of its many old buildings. A former special police dorm in Taipei is now an electronic music cafe. The building has retained its 60s charm while gaining a very modern update. Fans of Electro can enjoy live DJ sets while sipping their afternoon tea. This blue-themed room has a neon aesthetic. The neon lights in front of the toilet change color according to the angle they're pointed at. This old Thai Power building on Taipei's Chaozhou Road was built to be a police dormitory in 1963. Pushing open the railings of the basement, you can see the old firearms room. After standing disused for 20 years, the building has been thoroughly renovated. These blue lightning emblems symbolizing Thai Power can be seen on every windowsill. Completing the theme is a giant Thai Power manhole cover hanging at the entrance. We've preserved a lot of the original elements in this old Thai Power building, including the floor tiles and the handrails. We hope visitors can enjoy the electronic music and have a sweet treat and experience a different kind of afternoon tea. These dorayaki have the lightning emblem on the pancake, red azuki bean paste inside, and two scoops of matcha ice cream on top. The milk tea is in a glass with a lightning pattern on a manhole coaster. The whole atmosphere is irresistible to young people. This place feels like an old building that's been revamped, but it doesn't feel too old. Kind of modern and comfortable. The pancakes with the adzuki bean and matcha ice cream, I haven't eaten anything like this before. The pancakes are very soft. They taste great. 
Tai Power's creative team has really outdone itself. To turn an old police dormitory into a trendy cafe is a new venture for the electricity giant. Taiwan reported 15,206 local COVID cases on Monday, the lowest daily tally in 100 days. The CCC also confirmed nine infections with the BA5 subvariant in northern Taiwan. Some of them have different genetic sequencing from previously known clusters, indicating that the subvariant is spreading in the community from several sources. Let's hear from a health official. This week, we performed genetic sequencing on 171 samples, all of which were Omicron. Nine of them were the BA5 subvariant. All of those nine BA5 cases were patients in northern Taiwan. The youngest patient was in her teens and the oldest in their 60s. The genetic material is not an exact match among the samples, so this shows that there are several sources in the community with several transmission chains. Starting Monday, travelers transiting at Taoyuan International Airport are now allowed to shop and eat meals at the airport. The 12-hour cap on transits has also been lifted. President Tsai Ing-wen on Monday received the Prime Minister of St. Vincent and the Grenadines at the presidential office. PM Ralph Gonzalez was, was greeted with a military salute ceremony and referred to by Tsai as a close friend of Taiwan. In his address, Gonzalez criticized China's recent actions and praised Tsai as a leader of an exceptional country. A 19-gun salute greets President Tsai Ing-wen and Ralph Gonsalves, the Prime Minister of St. Vincent and the Grenadines. The two leaders walk on the red carpet and inspect the troops. It's not the first time that Gonsalves visits Taiwan, but his presence in Taiwan amid China's recent escalation of tensions in the Taiwan Strait is especially significant. Prime Minister Gonsalves is a close and dear friend of Taiwan. This is his 12th visit to Taiwan and his 11th in his capacity as Prime Minister, clearly demonstrating the importance that he attaches to diplomatic relations between our countries. In particular, Prime Minister Gonsalves has expressed in recent days that the Chinese military drills would not prevent him from visiting friends in Taiwan. These statements have deeply touched us. I give thanks to the strength of this remarkable woman the president of this exceptional country. Gonsalves's visit coincided with Father's Day in Taiwan, August 8th. Earlier in the day, President Tsai had posted on social media thanking all of the fathers in Taiwan defending the island for their loved ones. Tsai said that many soldiers in the military are also fathers. She said she deeply respected them for being at their posts working for the country's defense on this special day. At the presidential office, Gonsalves once again voiced support for Taiwan. Accordingly, as in our own hemisphere, the Western Hemisphere, we do not like it and we do not support it when any powerful neighbor seeks to intimidate us or bully us. Wherever there are differences, we must settle them peacefully 
in a civilized manner. It is Gonsalves' 12th visit to Taiwan and his 11th time as Prime Minister. It's his first time visiting Taiwan after getting re-elected for a fifth consecutive term in November 2020. The military says it has gleaned valuable information from China's most recent drills near Taiwan, which will inform future defense plans. The military also resolutely rejected Chinese claims that there is no median line in the Taiwan Strait. That's in contrast to Chinese state media, which has said that drills east of the median line will likely be normalized. Taiwan's military says it is actively training for all contingencies and is ready to respond. Equipped with AIM-120 and AIM-9 Sidewinder air-to-air missiles, F-16V fighter jets join Dihua frigates off the east coast. The contingent is closely monitoring Chinese PLA vessels conducting drills near Taiwan's waters. On Tuesday, the Army has scheduled anti-landing exercises at Pingdong County's Chechang Township. China has just conducted drills near Taiwan's waters, and Taiwan's military is practicing to counter any future contingencies. China is already planning more drills to take place from August 8th through September 8th in the Bohai Sea next to North Korea, and is currently holding drills in the southern part of the Yellow Sea next to South Korea. China state media says the PLA may normalize drills east of the median line of the Taiwan Strait. As you can see from these six demarcated areas, there is no so-called median line in the Taiwan Strait. Experts say there is a chance that the PLA Navy will normalize exercises east of the so-called median line. The median line has been there for the past half century, since the 1950s. It's a tacit line between the two sides of the strait. Although it isn't recognized by any international laws, it is a fact that the line exists. These six exclusion zones that China announced for these most recent drills all fall to the east of that median line. This shrinking of our space for our own drills and the impact on international flights is quite significant. Asked why it didn't warn the public when China launched a Dongfeng ballistic missile over Taiwan's airspace, the military said it had determined there was no need after it understood the missile's trajectory and prepared intercept measures. Following the missile launch, China took the opportunity to spread propaganda about the exercises. It said it had made 10 breakthroughs, including approaching Taiwan's coast, overlooking Taiwan's coastline and mountain range, firing a conventional missile over Taiwan, destroying the fantasy of a median line in the Taiwan Strait, and setting up a shooting range on the east side of Taiwan. However, in the process of firing the missile, China also gave Taiwan valuable strategic deployment and intelligence information. These 10 breakthroughs that China describes are very enlightening for our military. The locations and scenarios of China's exercises will definitely be included in our own future defense exercises. China's cognitive warfare campaign against us was already evident before these exercises. In terms of the content of that propaganda, it can be divided into three categories, creating hype around China's plans for a military invasion of Taiwan, attacking the character of the government, and destroying public and military morale. Taiwan's military acted professionally and in accordance with international standards in response to China's most recent drills. The worldwide community now has a clear understanding of China as the aggressor in the Taiwan Strait. The Council of Agriculture has announced a 60 million NT voucher program to promote consumption of goods slapped with an import ban in China.
Members of the public are eligible to win a 200 NT voucher after spending at least 600 NT on any of the six affected products, such as pomelos and groupers. A total of 300,000 vouchers that will be handed out at a raffle on October 5th. There's just a few weeks until the mid-autumn festival and its family cookouts. This year, the Council of Agriculture wants pomelos and groupers to be the star of the show, as these products are among thousands that have been banned for import in China. The council has launched a new voucher program. Shoppers who buy 600 NT of pomelo, grouper, beltfish, Japanese horse mackerel, four-finger threadfin, or tilapia can enter a raffle for agricultural vouchers worth 200 NT. We can launch it in time for the mid-autumn festival, which is just around the corner. We encourage consumers to use these vouchers to purchase high-quality Taiwanese agricultural and fisheries products. More importantly, consumer action can allow for these excellent pomelos and fish to be consumed domestically. The voucher program has a budget of 60 million NT. The raffle will be held on October 5th with 300,000 vouchers on offer. They can be spent at more than 3,500 shops around Taiwan. The COA hopes that the program can boost sales and keep agricultural prices from plummeting. The vouchers are just one of the policies to stimulate domestic sales. We think that, thanks to the Mid-Autumn Festival, consumers will purchase pomelos and the five kinds of fish we mentioned. That should make farm prices even better than before, offsetting the impact from the fact that they can't be exported to China. The COA minister said that public satisfaction with last year's agricultural vouchers stood at 97 percent. The program had increased consumers by 60 percent and attracted more than 5 million people to travel to farming and fishing villages. The council hopes the new program will have a similar effect to support local farmers and fishers.